Welcome to the Blooming League of Original Podcast. Hola, it's another journey around the world in 80 plays. I'm Alfie Parker. And I'm Lizzie Bibby. And we're joined as always by our girl Friday and Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, every day, because she's the star of the show. It's Little Miss Dolly. <laughs> and for this week's episode, we're spending two weeks in Cheltenham on the sixth stop of the Sister Act UK tour. In this series, we're exploring the UK and Ireland's wonderful arts, history and culture as we make our way from city to city with the Sister Act UK tour. So, how has this week been for us? Well, really, it's two weeks, isn't it? Aye, well, there you because, go. Because, like, a rare occasion on this tour that we actually get to spend two weeks in a city. And it's so much better because it means we had a proper day off. What an absolute gift. I know. The irony that that day off is before we get two whole weeks off. I but am. hey-ho, I'll take a day off. I'm looking forward to two weeks off. Even though we've only been on the road now for, like, two months. Uh, ten weeks, including rehearsals. Yeah. It's so funny, isn't it? Because when you do a show in London, you don't even think about having time off. But that's because you get a proper day off every single week. Look, we both love our jobs, love our jobs. But touring can be very consuming and it's a lot of travelling. You don't get a proper day off. Wow, wow, wow. But yeah, two <laughs> weeks off will be really nice. The world's smallest violin there. <laughs> yeah. No, we're having a, a lovely time. We travelled by train as per usual and it was fine. Train was good. Yeah, train was absolutely fine. We are in the most gorgeous flat. We are staying with a woman called Lisa. I'm not staying with Lisa. We are in a flat owned by Lisa. And I think Lisa's basically like the queen of Cheltenham digs. And she was happy for Dolly to be there. And it's a lovely one bed basement flat that we've got all to ourselves. And Dolly is so happy here. I think because it's quite similar to our flat at home, she's really settled. There's been nothing wrong with her, but sometimes she just doesn't settle as well in some places. And she hasn't been eating that well recently. But believe me, she's making up for it in Cheltenham. Yeah, I think something that's helped with that is that we had a visitor this fortnight. We did. It's Nanny Sue. She's not here now. <laughs> My mummy visited. And it was uh, so nice. Yeah, Dolly loves Nanny, so I think that helps. Yeah, because she gets spoiled. What was the first thing Nanny did when she walked in? Get the treats out. Yeah. Yeah. She loves her. She does, but she deserves it. And it's been nice as well because Lisa, whose flat we're staying in, has been an amazing help whilst we've been here and she's been looking after Dolly whilst we've been at work because Dolly can't come to the theatre. Boo. But Lisa has been so, so helpful. We've honestly really lucked out staying with her. Oh, absolutely. Lisa's great. And the digs have been fabulous. Yeah. And the reason we said to my mum, why didn't you come and stay? Because firstly, I think she'd only been to Cheltenham once before like years and years ago so she didn't really remember it and she wanted to see a bit more of it which Alfie will talk about later when we do our what did Dolly do section but also we had a spare bed and I just thought when do you ever get digs with a spare bed yeah. that you know my mum could have her own room and Dolly slept next to her every night that my mum was here because she's obsessed with nanny and it was just really really nice 
couple of other things to mention about Cheltenham is I had quite an emotional experience whilst I was here because I got a standing ovation after my start here. I mean, look, if you're listening, you might you might have seen the show or you might know a little bit about us. You might have seen us perform. You probably would have seen Lizzie perform over me. I mean, hey, she's been like Tracy Turnblad, you know, Michael Ball's been her mum. What a flex. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you probably may have seen her perform or hey, she sung Life I Never Led in various different places you can catch that on social medias on YouTube and stuff but yeah she I mean it's deserved she's very very good yeah, maybe I am slightly biased because she sat next to me clenching her fist aggressively uh, but no she's uh... <laughs> honestly she, yeah. this podcast is going to end in divorce I'm not even married yet <laughs> she's um, yeah she is amazing so that's well deserved and I'm I'm actually kind of shocked that's the first time you've ever had that I, I was honestly gobsmacked so I've had a slightly tough couple of weeks here in Cheltenham because as much as the theatre is lovely, it has been quite a difficult theatre performance-wise. It's quite a dry space and it's a very old theatre and a lot of us have been not ill, but, you know, dryness and all that kind of stuff can really affect the voice. And so I've had a couple of weeks of kind of being really careful about my voice and all of that boring stuff. But as we've kind of got closer to the end and I've sort of been going oh I've only got a couple of shows left and then we've got two weeks off I've really started enjoying singing my song again I enjoy doing the show but sometimes when you're in the more difficult spaces you are just thinking technique survive give as best you can in difficult space but that show when people stood up it just shows what a difference I must have been doing as a performer. I was enjoying it and just going for it. And yeah, it was really, really overwhelming. I, I couldn't really believe that had happened. And I just feel really lucky that stuff like that happens because it's it kind of makes it all worth it if you have a difficult venue or a time when you're a bit worried and then something like that happens and you go, oh, it's all worth it because... People yeah. have really enjoyed it. Uh, oh, I am doing my job properly. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, me being careful and all that stuff is because I take my job very seriously. Anyone who knows me and Alfie would say we are very, very serious about our jobs. But, you know, it was very nice that when I could relax and just fully let go and just give it my all, it was kind of rewarded. And that's that's been a really, really amazing experience. So very, very grateful. I will never forget Cheltenham for that, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and the audiences have been great. Talking about the audiences in general. It's really interesting because it's a very small theatre compared to what we're used to. So it's such an intimate space. I know Lizzie will probably talk about the theatre a bit later on, but the audience, they're in your grill. Mm. You know, there's no pit, so they are and I also think that Cheltenham audiences are very used to new work a lot of shows now do kind of like out of town tryouts in Cheltenham and I think what has been really interesting here is where we've come from cities with very rowdy audiences the vibe here has kind of been like entertain me then do you know what I mean not in like a terrible way but it's been the audiences have really been listening and not just wanting a rowdy night out. They've actually been kind of waiting to see if the show is any good, which is a different vibe to perform to. But I kind of quite like it. I, I kind of like when they're a bit more reserved because I think they're taking it in and actually listening to what's 
what's happening. Yeah, I mean, like it's happened before where I've shot someone. Uh, shot someone. No, when I've shot. <laughs> <laughs> someone. Oh, Are no. you actually okay? No, spoiler alert, I shoot Curtis at the end. What a bad man. Pew pew. I shoot him once in the shoulder. And it's happened before where people have shouted out, Go on, Eddie! Go on, Eddie! Nice one, Eddie! It happened one show where I sang, I could be that guy. And before I leave, I think I've gone, Steady Eddie, Steady Eddie, for the rest of the song. Go on, Eddie! Nice one, Eddie! Hey, go on, Eddie! The whole time, which is great because you're in it, but it does then, I think it does distract from. I, I know, I, I can imagine that that does kind of ruin the immersion, 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 immersion of the show for people. What? People being immersed in the show? Yeah. Right, okay. Immersion. Yeah. That's good. It kind of ruins that for people in the audience. They'll be like, oh, do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I know what you're trying to say. Our characters are really different because I always feel a lot of pressure with my character because my character is in the film. And the whole point is that she can suddenly sing really amazingly. So this is another reason why I'm really like precious about my voice and stuff because it's the first role I've ever played really where the onus is on the singing. The singing is the priority. People are waiting for that moment in Raise Your Voice where I sing that big note and they're like, okay, that was fine. Do you know what I mean? Whereas your character, because it's so different to the character in the film, if you have never seen Sister Act before, you are not expecting your song. Yeah. So then when people are going, go on, Eddie, and stuff like that, other people are missing the storytelling of your song. It's a massive story point for your character. For, for my character, it's like the biggest turning point, really. That's where the arc, that's kind of, that's a lot of the character arc is in that song. So it's nice to have a listening audience once in a while because I feel like... You can actually just sing I your just song. tell and, the story Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. And I personally think Alfie gets the best song in the show. It's true. And you saying earlier, like, oh, I'm proud of you and blah, blah, blah. I am very lucky because I'm always in the wings for the end of Alfie's song because I get to push a candelabra onto the stage. What a flex. <laughs> I honestly am always so proud because Alfie gets such an amazing reaction after his song. I remember one day, I can't remember what venue it was, but you got such a massive cheer. And I honestly, like, got a bit emotional. And I walked over to Sky, our stage manager, and I just went oh and she went you're really proud of him aren't you and I was like yeah and she went he always says he's really proud of you as well and I think that's something we're really good at as a couple because we actually do tell each other we're proud of each other and we really support each other and I think sometimes people are a bit rubbish at saying well done aren't they? I think in general people are very bad at compliments yeah and I think it's important to say you did a good job well done. believe me you're we'd also well. tell each other if we needed to up our game like yeah no you best believe that you know Lizzie's asked me questions like how was that did I sound okay there was that all right and like I'm an honest person Mm -hmm. it's it's the kind of the first pillar of our relationship so it's okay to say it sounded different or it was you know maybe you need to have a bit of rest or whatever and that works both ways obviously yeah but in essence audience here have been great different but great great And then, basically, the other thing, obviously, in terms of the Queen that is Dolly, aside from her not being able to come to work, Cheltenham's been very dog-friendly. We're really lucky because we got to go to Boston Tea Party for brunch twice. We went once just us and then once with Nanny Sue and Dolly. Boston Tea Party is a chain here of brunch establishments. They kind of do every possible breakfast item you could ever want. And it is so nice very dog friendly there's always loads of dogs in there yeah i always get a lovely poached eggs smoked salmon hollandaise sauce and then we share some pancakes or and the hash browns hash browns are good. oh the best hash browns you'll ever get with that garlic dipping sauce oh i'm actually salivating <laughs> ah! 
They're so good. So we went there and then we went to another lovely place called the Coffee Dispensary. Our wardrobe team's leaving and they're the best. Yeah, they are the best. So the head of wardrobe, Eden, and then my dresser, Chloe, are leaving to go and do Wicked, which must be some like new show. I've never really heard of it. No, it must, yeah. New. Yeah, new writing, I think. Um, But they're leaving to do that. So we went and had coffee with them and Dolly said goodbye. So it's been an eventful couple of weeks, really. We also had one more meal that was dog-friendly that we went to on our day off. Yes, we did. Our day off. Laurie, our lovely friend who Alfie's spoken about before, booked a lovely roast in the old courthouse. It was delightful, wasn't it? We had yeah. three courses. When do we ever have three courses? I know. That was so good. good. Really good. A lovely service mm-hmm. and a really nice building. It's called the old courthouse and we were sat and it was very much, you know, you could see where the judge would sit. Like, you know, they've really kept the whole structure of the upstairs of that building. You could see where the jury would sit. It was very, uh, very cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Was really cool. So, yeah, we've, we've done loads actually here. We've done, well, it's two weeks. Yeah, made the most fun. of it, innit? Yeah. Yeah. Now, moving on to the tour now. This week, we're in Cheltenham's gorgeous Everyman Theatre. Oh, gorgeous, is it? Gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Oh, it is gorgeous. Oh, it is gorgeous. Uh, and I'll pass you on to Elizabeth. Please. Who will do the history. Your better half. So, yeah, we're at the Cheltenham Everyman Theatre. It's our first time at this theatre, our first time in Cheltenham. And aside from it being a slightly difficult performance space, I would say it is a gorgeous theatre <laughs> um it has two auditoria i didn't know that was the plural learned it off wikipedia which is where most of this information will be from you would never say we've got two auditoriums no two auditoria wow there you go and actually the studio was buzzing whilst we've been here it really was alfie's looking shocked but i actually know that they had stuff on in there regularly jazz nights on in there and stuff and that's why Sometimes you would have local dresses and then they wouldn't be there because they'd be covering shifts in the studio. Right. So it's quite a like buzzing place to be, Cheltenham Everyman Theatre. Buzzing and gorgeous. It is a Frank Matcham Theatre. Now, for any theatre people, they'll probably be going, oh yeah, Frank Matcham. Very, very famous theatre designer. So I wanted to just say a little bit about Frank Matcham. So... Frank Matcham designed 90 theatres in the UK and redesigned a further 80. That is a lot though, isn't it? So that's 170 theatres in the UK are Frank Matcham theatres. That's pretty impressive. That is so cool. And anyone who's into architecture, whenever we do kind of like our get-in days, we'll go, oh yeah, you can tell this is a Matcham. It's normally the ceiling, right? Where you look out and you'll see there's like that inward dome. Right. The top of the... This wasn't in my research, but... Oh, I hope this is right. Sort of source Alfie Parker. Is that it's in the ceiling, like an inward dome. I think that's part of it, colourful. Because I read on the old wiki that the the main thing he did when he was designing theatres is that he used cantilevers for the galleries instead of columns so that there are no restricted views. That's really cool, isn't it? Like, that's so ahead of his time. Can I ask you what a cantilever is? I researched this because I knew you would ask this question. So cantilevers, a cantilever is a rigid structural element that extends horizontally and is supported at only one end. So I'm showing Alfie some pictures, but if anyone wants to research this. 
So instead of having a column that needs to be supported on both ends, a cantilever only needs to be supported on one end. So the column is would obviously be really thick and in people's ways, but it's supported in a way where it only needs support at one end. So in Frank matching theatres, the sight lines are all really good for the audience. Go on, Frankie. Well, that's really good, isn't it? Because so many times you book to go and see a show and it's like, oh, I'm going to have to peer behind this column for the entire yeah. thing. And yes, you will be able to see photos from a lot of these theatres on our socials, courtesy of Rocky Horror star Christian Lavacombe, who's been touring the UK and the world in Rocky Horror. Yeah, he's been there forever. Basically, because he's been to all the theatres ever, he's got gorgeous photos of all of them and he's letting us use them um, on our socials. So anyway, that was Frank Matcham using his cantilevers. And Cheltenham Everyman Theatre is the oldest surviving working Matcham auditorium. That's really cool, isn't it? Yeah, that is cool. The theatre opened in 1891, and Alfie will like this because you know what it gets like with World War II. It stayed open during World War II. Yeah, come on, it's going to take more than a couple of bombs to stop us. So it meant that a lot of big names from London would travel to Cheltenham to perform, and that was a big kind of like drawing force for the people of Cheltenham. They were like, oh, this person's coming to perform because, you know, it really boosted people's morale during the war. I like it. Yeah? Yeah. So I thought you'd like that. I do like that and then just in terms of Cheltenham in general Cheltenham is on the edge of the Cotswolds very lovely area of the UK well I went to um, Wales by a train so that helps the you're going to tell the listeners why uh I as you know I'm on tour with Sister Act for about another year and my passport ran out of date in January next year which means I couldn't have done the tour properly so and how many times have that had I told you to sort your passport out 525,000 yeah quite a few times so but then you got an email from a producer saying they're booking flights booking flights you couldn't be booked onto any so what did I do I had to travel all the way to Wales to, to get your passport this is what I have to put up with I've got a black passport now this Brexit you know, let's not get political <laughs> <laughs> we won't have political views no we don't have political views <laughs> black passport's so nice anyway so Cheltenham's on the edge of the Cotswolds in Gloucestershire Gloucestershire Farmer Gloucestershire that'd be Gloucester Gloucester yeah oh, oh no, that wasn't good yeah sorry everyone it's known as Garden Town of England it is very beautiful here Garden Town yeah yeah I'd- yeah yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the here's local... something that's going to annoy you because we haven't seen these whilst we've been here. It's got natural mineral springs. I am fuming. You, well, you don't know this, but I love a tap in the ground. I love it. So I'm a bit fuming because I would have liked to have seen the taps and the water. Oh, well, in the words of Beverly Knight, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Cheltenham claims to be the most complete Regency town in England, which I probably would say is accurate because the Regency architecture here is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like, there are some big, beautiful houses here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is an understatement. The houses are pretty, uh, pretty lush, actually. Yeah. Some of them are humongous. <laughs> <laughs> But before we crack on, it's time to go to a little ad break. G'day, and welcome to an extra short 
preview edition of Thrush and Treasure, the Torture Chamber musical comedy podcast that shaved Little Orphan Annie's curls to make American for the cast of Hair. And speaking of American, well, howdy there. I'm Aaron, and I'm joined as usual by the man who rolled Dahl the way from Utah and straight into our hearts, like that piece of gum I swallowed last night. I can still feel it, because he's our very own Willy Wagner. It's Mr. J Wonks. How are you going? Welcome back. Hello, how are you doing, Aaron? Good, thank you. Haven't had you on in quite a while. Phone rings, door chimes, in comes another iconically legendary pioneering diva bouncing here and there and everywhere, blowing in like an air of fresh breath and serving it up, sugar and spiked, with hardcore glamour, if that's what you're looking for. And a working girl like me is here for it. As we celebrate our 100th episode with this badass, ambassading, singing, dancing, producing, podcasting, composing, acting and songwriting, mother of wintergreen, because she's the one and only magical queen who will take your breath away and leave it smelling minty fresh. She's Miss Peppermint Gumming Bear. Yay! Welcome to the torture chamber. Is this actually happening <laughs> in my life? Oh my me. gosh. Thank you. Wow. I have to say that's probably, Aaron, uh, that is probably the best, most well thought out, most considerate, and most multi-dimensional intro I've ever received in my life. <laughs> My favorite parts of this podcast is being able to watch the guest react to the introduction in real time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And let me tell you, Peppermint, your expression said it all. It was amazing. Thank you, Jonathan. So I don't say it. I don't say it. I'm literally in my head trying not to stumble on every word. Oh, you didn't see me like, I was like. <laughs> no. She was living. Yes. Yes. yes, awesome. It was, I, it was pure joy. Like the raw doll. I was like, wait a minute. This is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Okay. We'll move on to the middle now. Firstly, what would be in your ultimate rock star rider? Not just what you already put in your dressing room demands. What would, if you could put anything on there? You know, I mean, I'm pretty expressly simple mm-hmm. and vanilla when it comes to a rider. Like I actually don't like a whole bunch of stuff because I travel very heavy and I bring everything I need for the most part, things I can travel with. So if there could be any, 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 anything in the world in there, it would probably be like a lot of like an un, like a, like a shopping spree's amount of candy. Cause I love candy. So like, I would love it. Like the, like collector's item candy, like gummy bears and pieces of whatever, like oversized. I couldn't take them with me, obviously if I was traveling, but I could like take a bite out of them. <laughs> you just want to be surrounded, surrounded by the sweetness. I love candy. That's it. And then afterwards you feed the poor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. I'm going to have <laughs> poison. It's here. Here's some sugar. <laughs> That's it. And we're back with Around the World in 80 Plays. I'm Alfie Parker and that's Lizzie B. And this week we're in Cheltenham for a two-week stay. Now, this week's touring feature we thought we should follow up from last week's conversation is about stage door etiquette. Lizzie, let's just have a conversation about it. Yeah, so look, you will have heard us discussing it last time. I don't love stage door because I'm quite a private and anxious person. 
but I understand why it is important. It's important historically as part of our job, you know, and I always have to remind myself that I have waited at stage doors for people. So like if I think about people I love and admire, I think my biggest one would be James McAvoy when he did the Scottish play at Trafalgar Studios. I think it's now called Trafalgar Theatre in London. And my dad took me to see it. And I said to my dad, I was like, I'd really love to meet James McAvoy afterwards. Um, do you mind if we go around to stage door and we'll just see if he comes out? And he gave me so much of his time. I got a picture with him. He was so lovely and humble. And I always think to myself, I was so excited to meet him. And now I'm in a position where people feel like that about me. And isn't that so lovely? And the least I can do is have a picture with them, have a chat, blah, blah, blah. But on the flip side... That is when people are nice and respectful, which isn't always the case. Yeah, it's, you know, I like Stage Door because I've had positive interactions there. I know that people have had negative interactions with people that have gone to Stage Door who are... There's always people at Stage Door who ask if you've been in the show, they've clearly not watched it, and they've printed your headshot off, and they wanted you to sign it because they want you to sell it. Yeah, and this is something I kind of wrote down when we were preparing for this episode. I think the whole kind of, like, celeb culture aspect of it in terms of what Alfie's saying of, like, it's a free way to just meet your favourite celeb, even if you haven't paid to watch the show. That aspect I find actually quite disrespectful because if you liked that person that much, surely you would go and see them in the show. Yeah, yeah, and I know that theatre is, isn't accessible as we would like. Sometimes ticket prices can be expensive. If you're trying to catch people as they're trying to go into work, I do think that is something that you probably shouldn't do. Yeah, and, and, and also displays probably a lack of understanding of our job because us going into work, we are in a completely different headspace. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking about doing the job. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about going to work. The pressure's off you once you come out of the yeah. stage door after the show because you've done your job. Yeah, and you probably just have to, like, do your washing. You have to do your washing and probably put pizza in the oven. Which is what we normally do. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I know theatre can be expensive, but, you know, this is like a, a recent story about when Lee Mead was in We Will Rock You at the Coliseum. One of his fans wrote to him and said, I would love to come and see it, but the ticket prices are so expensive I can't afford it and he paid for this person to watch the show and I think that's such a lovely story and it's kind of that thing isn't it of like that person was clearly a true fan and actually wanted to go and support him in the show and he could then do it you know if people are that desperate we can do things like that yeah we can and that's that's not for us you know that's not then saying so next week you know pretend you're my biggest fan and write in and I'll get you a free ticket absolutely not I know who you are. I know who my fans are. Of of course we appreciate people coming to watch us and stuff. We've both had people that have seen us in something and then wanted to see us in this, Mm. you know, and followed us around. And of course, at the end of the day, the audiences, without them... We don't have a job. We don't don't earn money. We don't get to do what we train to do, what we enjoy to do. It's so... You're just as, as important as us. Yeah. 
I think, look, the bottom line is you buying a ticket to come and watch the show does not include a free meet and greet. And it's absolutely at the performer's own discretion about whether they stage door, about how much time they're going to give up. They might have had a terrible day as well. Like we're all human. We sometimes have to perform on days where the rest of our day has been awful. We might have had some really bad news. We might have felt like we had a bad show and we just want to rush off at the end. I assure you, no one ever walks out that door and goes, I'm going to be rude to everyone. That is never someone's intention. But we are only human and sometimes other things have to take priority. You know, if we do shows in London, we have to commute home. So I have had shows, I mean, Heather's would be the biggest one for me, where I would literally sometimes have to run to Victoria Station and get my train. And that's because I have life things going on. I have to get my train. I have to get enough sleep. I have to feed the dog, walk the dog, see Alfie for five minutes of my life before I'm then doing that all over again. You know, sometimes there is other stuff that is happening. And also what you have to remember is I experienced stage door under like COVID protocols with hairspray and we were sometimes told we weren't allowed to do it at all they kind of loosened the restrictions as time went on but we had to be really careful because the show kind of had to take priority I also think on tour there's definitely different vibes in different cities I mean in Cheltenham we've barely had any stage door barely had any here I know Coventry we just didn't have it at all unless you knew someone oh yeah know. Coventry there was none Coventry the, I, there was no one none Cheltenham when you come out like the like, past two weeks there might be one or two people yeah but yeah, there, was, there was none and then you go to some places I'd say Edinburgh was quite busy you know no I don't think anything really compares to those bigger cities of course stage door yeah another thing that people ask about all the time is like giving people gifts i personally would just say be careful with what you are giving people and how you are giving it to people because i had times on hairspray when people would be waiting at station and alfie was with me once and thank god he was with me you'll know what story I'm about to tell. I was at stage door and this woman was literally screaming at me. I've got a gift for you. You know, my grandson. And I was like, I've never seen you in my life. And she was saying this name over and over again. And I was like, I don't know who that is. And she was like, I've left a gift for you inside. I've left a gift for you inside, blah, blah, blah. And I was so scared because I was like, She's clearly gone to stage door saying she knows me. I don't actually know her. And somehow a gift has made it into the building. I don't know what it's going to be. Sometimes when people are that kind of aggressive with it, it's really weird and scary. I would say avoid edible gifts because people are quite funny with eating things from yeah, I think that's, strangers. <laughs> I think that comes down to kind of the relationship that you have with the person. Yeah. Like, if you know that the person is okay with you baking something and you've done it before, then absolutely, I think that's that's fine. Just be conscious that people are going to be less keen on eating something when they don't know where it's come from. But that is not that is not everyone. That is that's That's very much people's preference, I think. And, you know, we have had some gorgeous gifts from people in the past when I think about Julie and Dante who are now two of our most treasured friends in the world so Dante is a young boy well he's not that young anymore we're getting old yeah (laughs) with autism and additional needs and he loved kinky boots and his 
mum, Julie, would bring him to come and see the show in lots of different cities. And we would always chat to them at stage door because special needs is a big part of mine and Alfie's lives. And they were so respectful and so kind. And Dante made us these Christmas baubles and we still have it five years later. And it was so meaningful. And it was because this young boy loved coming to see the show and stuff like that. They weren't standing at stage door expecting anything from us. No. But we could see how much it meant to him and wanted to give up our time because they were so respectful and kind of genuine about how much the show meant to them. Yeah. I think, look, actors, the further you go on, you can get a vibe from stage door about kind of what's legit and what is... Yeah, and, and what's not. And what is just kind of, I want your autograph so I can sell it on eBay. I think to wrap up my advice, my personal preference, if you really, really, really want to meet me at stage door, we are so available on social media now. Drop me a message, say... I'm watching the show tonight. I would love to see you at stage door if you're coming out. And I will always reply and say, yes, absolutely, I've got time. Or if I don't have time, I will say, I'm so sorry, I don't have time, but here's my cameo and I can make you a video or I can give you a little card and send it somewhere for you. If you reach out to me in advance and say, I'm in, do you have five minutes? I will always do my best to give you the time that you're asking for. But my my issue is the people where you walk out and they're screaming in your face and shoving programmes in your face. Or the other thing, and Alfie will know exactly what I mean, when you walk out and people are standing there with programmes and they don't approach you first. Yeah. I'm not going to walk out stage door and go, oh, yeah, 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 do you want me to sign it? Because that makes me look like an arrogant what's-it. And also, like, it's also fine. If you're stood at stage door with, with your programme... And you don't want me to sign it, that's fine. That's fine. I, I, I don't mind. I, but I, if you do, then you have to ask us politely. Yeah, and then and then you'll you'll get a polite answer back, either being, yeah, of course, you know, did you enjoy the show? Or, oh, I'm really sorry, I've, I've got to run and catch my bus. With you just standing there... Be assertive. Yeah. Not too assertive, but no. be assertive, polite, to say, please, can you sign this? And I'm sure we'll be able to do yeah. it. Edinburgh was a good example where a lady came up to me and asked, she didn't even ask for me to sign anything. She just wanted to say that she saw the show, she was studying at acting at university, and she asked me if, if we could have a conversation. And I was like, yeah, of course. And we had a chat about, yeah. about her studying because I wasn't in a rush. The bus was in about 20 minutes and I like talking to people. So You're much better I'm... at it than me. Alfie's always been way better at it than me. I always am so scared I'm going to come across as rude and please know I'm never being rude. I'm just so socially inept. <laughs> I'm <I've>... shy. <laughs> I think the, the key thing is be assertive, be respectful, be polite. And just know that we're only human. Sometimes we have bad days and we never, our intention is never to be rude to you. But we've just given ourselves to you for two and a half hours on stage. And when we walk out of the building, there's only so much left inside us that we can give you afterwards yeah. as well. So, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you get on the, you get on the list of, uh, Good friends like Julie and Dante. Mm -hmm. Maybe you'll be on the podcast. Oh, <laughs> maybe nice. you get that big shout out. And it's time for our favourite segment. What did Dolly do? Worth worth. 
Has he joined me? I did, I did. They're always the best way. With a special guest? Nanny Sue. Nanny That's Sue. my mum. Nanny Sue, my mum. We call her Nanny Sue because she now has her granddaughter, Dolly. So let me tell you what you did. Let me tell you what we did. Yeah, otherwise it sounds a bit controlling, doesn't right. it? Let me tell you what you did. <laughs> <laughs> we went on a walk we did. around Cheltenham as part of the Cheltenham Paint Festival. This festival's been around for six years. It's in its sixth year currently. It's funded through sponsors, but one of them being the council. And I think it's basically part of, in, in the council's eyes, because statistically, and I know this, no research, I just believe, I think I've, I know this from somewhere. If a wall or a place, a bus stop, is covered in art statistically it's less likely to be graffitied or vandalized mm-hmm. uh, so i think you know it, it works for everyone artists get a platform to do street art and share their craft and get a message across and the council have one beautiful things to look at you know the people of cheltenham get to look around and see art everywhere which is great two it'll probably stop people from graffitiing everywhere eat uh, my shorts eat my shorts bar simpson we weren't there for the actual festival, but the festival was every year late July. And all of the large scale and the full wall street art, murals. That's not how you say it. Yeah, murals. I just like saying murals because it annoys you. Murals are uh, permanent. That's another word he's not <laughs> Alfie normally says permanent. Uh, murals are permanent and <laughs> therefore available to appreciate long after the artists have finished. So this paint is through the town. If you wanted to go and see as much of it as possible, if you want to see all of it, it's probably around a five mile walk. And there's a very helpful map if you go online, you can find the trail to follow. You are skipping parts. Yeah, well, I found the trail, so I want to take credit. Well, absolutely fine. So, yes, approximately around five miles to cover the whole thing. And I would walk five miles and I would walk. Five, five miles. Oh. oh, sorry. Yeah, just five. The paintings in the town, there's around 170 or more artists that take part, scattered at around 30 different locations to see it. As Lizzie said, there is a map and an audio guide available in Ooh. 12 languages. Well, what language did you listen to it in, Alf? English. And that's through something called guide.ai. All of that information is off the Cheltenham Paint Festival website. And there's a link to the app there. It's $2.99. You'll support the festival, which, of course, is supporting the artists and Cheltenham itself. That's great. I should probably tell you what it actually was and what we actually saw. That would be helpful. So artwork-wise, we saw a lot of birds, animals, faces and abstract images I've got a couple that stuck out to me. I look, I didn't we we didn't see all of the art. Okay. It is we everywhere. look, we had to do a show in the evening. A five mile walk, I think, <laughs> would have been beyond the call of duty. Look, we but saw... luckily in the town centre there was a lot of There's it. There's a lot. And we saw a lot. And it's really good. Really good and really striking. And the trail definitely helped because we could kind of find where it was concentrated and focus on that bit. Yeah. And so many different styles of artwork. Like with that amount of artists, like they're everyone's gonna have their own style of work. And it really was varied, very varied. So if you've got a preference when it comes to what you want to look at art-wise, it's gonna tick your box. I'd say a hundred percent at least once, the amount that's there. Nanny Sue, she was less keen. She was less keen. Wasn't her favourite activity. Nanny Sue just wanted to go shopping and John Lewis. Nanny Sue wanted to go to John Lewis to buy pillows. Yeah, so we did have to drag Nanny Sue around the trail. I don't, I didn't ask Nanny about her favourite, but maybe in a later episode I can... Yeah, she can email in and we can read it out. Nanny, if you're listening, email him. 
these are some of the ones that I've picked out. We saw Jazz Coleman by Dice67. It's just going to sound like I'm listing things off, but maybe you can type that in into Google and it'll come up. It should yeah. come up with the actual artwork. I liked Jazz Coleman by Dice67. Sophie Odling's feature wall was very nice. I think Nanny went too big, that one. It was, about a, that. It was a large piece. Yeah, Nanny said it was too big. It was large. The Holiday in Birdwall by Curtis Hilton. Why are you saying it like that? <laughs> because it's Hilton, but with a Y. So I feel like... So Hilton. Hilton. The Siamese Cat by Saima, which when I did a bit of research, I'm convinced that Curtis Hilton, Curtis Hilton and Saima are the same person. I don't know if he's they've changed kind of their name. I'm, I'm confused. Maybe I've got that completely wrong. I wouldn't listen to anything that I'll be saying on this. Curtis Hilton... Now, this is where I've kind of had to go off the description because I could not find the name of this piece of art. Mystical-looking woman. <laughs> <laughs> she looks a bit like an elf. With earrings. She's got earrings Hoop on, earrings, short Blonde. No, blonde. Blonde. Huh? I'm going to look at the picture. No. Blonde. Blonde hair tied back. Oh, sorry. With, a, with big silver hoop earrings. I liked that one. Well, got a lovely picture of you and Dolly in front of it here. We'll, we'll put it in the Dropbox when we, uh, we will. flood that box. You loved it stuff. so much you thought her hair was short and brown. No, look, I, it, it just it was striking to me. Who was that one by? Irony. Yeah. This is the last one that stood out to This me. was our favourite one because it was opposite our digs. Opposite our digs. Yeah. Now, this also didn't have an official name, but if you Google it, you will see it. Jungle Book Snake Eating a Traffic Warden by Trust Icon. Yeah, and it's so good. So... Obviously, the snake in the Jungle Book has a very, very unique style. It yeah. is that exact snake. It's that exact, like, And it's Disney like a Banksy-esque kind of thing. Yeah. It's really cool. And that was opposite our dig. So this just shows you how kind of scattered the artwork was, because that's not town centre. No, and when I did a bit of research on that particular, I actually don't know if that's part of the art trail. I think it would have been one year. There's a big web page basically discussing the council were like umming and ahhing whether or not it's graffiti or not. Oh, well yeah. I hope it's not, because it's amazing. It's very good. So I think originally it was a bit like, it's not official, so does it have to come down? Mm. But it's still there. And I think that was a couple of years ago. So, hey, Very cool. recommend it. And if you Google Jungle Book Snake Eating a Traffic Warden, it does come up. And it's great because the snake's are like integrated to the branches of the tree. Yeah. So, like, it's not the complete snake, but from where you look at it, it looks like it is just weaving in and out of the branches. And Traffic Warden should be eaten by snakes, really, shouldn't they? Uh, statistically, the most hated job. Yeah, I do sometimes feel sorry for them because they're only doing their job, but everyone just hates them, don't they? Yeah, well, sorry. It's a bit like... People's got a park. It's a bit like the police, though, in a way. Mm. People, people don't like the police. People don't like anyone that can get you in trouble. The traffic wardens are different. It's all about the parking car. And they don't really save people's lives. Sorry to any Sorry to traffic, traffic wardens, wardens no, to be honest, in the audience. We don't really mind traffic wardens because we don't drive. We don't drive, so I'm just I'm just spouting popular opinion. We've got a lovely like, traffic warden in Brighton who we always see. Yeah, who lives in our building, so maybe I should just not... We'll talk about different traffic wardens. Oh, we've got two traffic warden friends, have you? The traffic warden that we saw like, one time stop. opposite our building. Stop. The jacket. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> no one will know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> there's a right there's a questionable looking traffic warden near us we hope so we saw her once and we thought oh blimey just Look, looks, looks a, bit a bit scraggy looks a little bit like the jacket i'm not sure it. the council would be happy with how she's dressed for the job we thought oh maybe she's been through something that day we saw her again later on i'd say months have passed scraggier than ever 
Yeah. Look, at the end of the day, you wear what you want. Wear, you know, I don't think it is you wear what you want for work, though. <laughs> If that's like me putting me costume on and it's all sort of scraggy. It looks like that maybe she needs a different size to me. It's a bit off the no, shoulder. No, I think it's, uh, I don't know. We've veered off onto discussing our local traffic ward. And uh, we were meant to be playing street art bingo this week. Right. We didn't though, did we? We didn't because, to be fair, right, we were trying to take the art trail really seriously and we then had my 65-year-old mother going, can we go home? Yeah, but I wouldn't even say it was that. It was more that, like, you see them straight away. Like, it's not like you go, oh, where are they? I think we all saw them at the exact same time every time. Do you know what I mean? And the themes were all, it's, it's a lot of animals. It's a lot of animals. Yeah, but Nanny loves animals. Yeah, it's a lot of animals, it's a lot of birds. And then there was someone just Look, I really enjoyed it. And I was trying to follow the trail and do it really seriously. And Nanny weren't having it. Yeah, Nanny was fuming. But genuinely, have a look at it online because some of the stuff is amazing. Jazz Coleman, right? Who at first we thought was Snape from Harry Potter. Snape from Harry Potter is an English singer and musician. He's sixty-three, and his style is. Oh, to be fair, now I've seen a picture. The painting looks exactly he like looks, him. He looks a bit like a wizard. It's his conductor's stick. Looks like a wand. He looks like Snape. But that was my favourite. Yeah, they were really good. Yeah, all over. So I recommend going to check. And we've them. got some lovely photos of Dolly with the paintings that we can put on the Dropbox. Yeah, Dolly did the art trail with us, and she enjoyed it. And also, you have to remember it's free, and we we saw a lot and of Cheltenham. You are walking around Cheltenham, and this artwork is like staring you in the face. Like it's a massive it's feature of Cheltenham to the point where, like, we went down an alley to kind of go into town from seeing one piece of art. From seeing mystical looking woman with the earrings? No, from seeing Sophie Oddling. Oh, yes. So it went earrings, Oddling. Then we went down an alley and I went, oh, there's a piece there. And you went, well, it's not on the list. Yeah. It's full of art. So, like, you, it kind of gets to the point where it's like, is that graffiti? Is it art? Yeah. It's pretty cool. Like, it's on every corner. So, if you like street art, that's what you've got to do. You've got to get down there. But. That's about it for this week's episode. Next week, we're breaking the time and space continuum by entering Cardiff in our very own TARDIS. Is that... Yeah, is it? Yeah. I, sorry, I was giving you a blank face there. I used to know what TARDIS meant. Uh, time and relative dimensions in space? Ooh, maybe. Nerd. Something like that. You can find us on our social, uh, our social medias. Our social media. Our social media. Our personal ones. Mine is at Parker Alfie. Mine is various variations of Lizzie B. Lizzie B with numbers at the end. You'll find her on, find us both, sorry, on Instagram and Twitter or X. X. X, man, because we're edgy. And you can find the show. Uh, 80 Plays Podcast. Very good. Thank you. 80 Plays Podcast. And did you know that you can purchase our theme song, Blue Skies, by the Australian band Wolfen? Yep, you can help support our show and own the full track, all thanks to Drew and the boys of Wolfen. So thank you to them because we are truly grateful for the support. So if you go to www.thetonistontales.com forward slash bookstore, right at the very top, you'll see our logo where you can buy your own MP3 of Blue Skies, which will help us fund this epic adventure across the UK and Ireland. Plus, we can buy Dolly the dog some treats along the way. And if you have any questions or suggestions, comments, or for Nanny, you can email us. <laughs> you can email us. Ask Nanny some questions. <laughs> She's Nanny. an icon. Oh, she loves it. Any questions, suggestions, comments, email us at 80 days. Nice. You can email us at 80playspodcast at gmail.com. 
That's one word, 80PLAYSPODCAST. And now, Jesus Christ, Alfie.